Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with my delightful co-host, Mina Kunlo-Sitep. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. So today we needed, we actually needed to jump on and create this podcast for you because Mina and I were talking on the phone and we were just chatting about the subject and realized, holy moly, this is such a pet peeve of ours. Do you guys want to know what our biggest pet peeve is? Right. We were ranting to each other back and forth, rant over rant about how, are we going to mention it right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. How would you put it? Um, how creatives get creative shamed, basically, if they turn into bosses. Right. So we've talked to you guys about scaling handmade and we've been on other podcasts about, let's say, creatives or um, handmade businesses that think that if they scale, they're no longer handmade or they're selling out. And there's also this element of creative people thinking that if they start to profit from their product or they start to build a business where they actually maybe hire beneath them and actually turn into the role of boss because there's somebody that they're bossing around, that there's something wrong with that or that you shouldn't... It's this weird disconnect between people who are making things and selling out or feeling like they they can be creative, but if they end up growing a business, they're no longer that, right? Right. It's like they forever have identified with the word creative. And then when somebody mentions the word, but you're a boss too, they're like, no, 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 no. Like it's this horrible connotation of selling out or being this greedy person when it just absolutely is not that. You can be a creative and you can be a boss. And honestly, they are woven into each other. You have to have creative problem solving and um, skills and even communication wise or even within your products to be able to be successful as a product entrepreneur and vice versa. To be creative, I mean, to make money off of it, you have to be a little bit more creative, honestly. You have to be able to know how you can pivot and be more agile to make it fit into your lifestyle but also make it so it fits into the lifestyle you want three, five, ten years from now. Yeah. And let me just tell you all, I have my bachelor's in fine arts. I went to an art school. I'm a fashion designer by trade, but I have a BFA. I went to school with artists. I went to people that were like, I only wear black. I save all of my color for my art, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was in an art school, like, and and there were, there were straight up fine artists there. There were toy designers there. There were graphic designers. There were fashion designers. I went to Otis College of Art and Design and it was art and design. But when, you know, we were taught as fashion designers to go work for somebody else as a fashion designer, we weren't taught how to be entrepreneurs, but those of us that were entrepreneurial, I have some friends that are, um, that have huge businesses that you guys would know that 
that came from the same background as me, but some of us went one way and some of us went one another. So I'm an artist by trade. I am a creative to my bones. I have a degree in it. Um, and then Mina has a, uh, her master's in business, but she's also was a graphic designer. Um, so we both are artists and creatives with businesses that are serving us, that are that are um, serving our families, that are actually being able to employ people and provide job opportunities for other people. So we're going to get into that in this episode. Right? So should we read a review first? We are, yes. Okay. So we love to shout you guys out. Um, we love to thank you because we read each and every one of these and we're so appreciative because it really helps our business grow. So we want to thank TM Harley for their review on Apple Podcasts. And this is what they said. I had no clue where to begin when I decided I wanted to start a product-based business. Thankfully, I happened to stumble across the product boss, which was the answer to my questions that I had. The hosts, Jacqueline and Mina, share their personal experiences and expertise from owning their own product-based businesses, as well as feature other guests who provide valuable insight. I've binged on so many episodes and made sure I took down notes as I went along. The great thing about this podcast is that they have content for all stages of product-based businesses. Whether you're an entrepreneur in the early stages of your business, or if you have been established for several years, this podcast will be beneficial to you. Every week, I look forward to listening to a new episode and applying what I have learned in my business. Mina and Jacqueline also have a Facebook group for anyone who wants to connect with other product bosses for inspiration or feedback. Thanks, Jacqueline and Mina for producing amazing content. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you, TM Harley, for that amazing review. I mean, you discussed our entire business and that was unprompted. So we thank you for an incredible review and for being a part of our community. Yeah. Thank you so much, TM Harley. And I love that you're taking notes. It feels so good to know that you're you know, taking something away from the podcast. And so any of you that are on here that ever have questions for us or want to share with us, um, we're in the DM on our Instagram at the product boss. It's the product boss. So head over to our Instagram account and DM us. We want to hear from you and we want to chat. So let's jump back into our pet peeve that creatives maybe aren't always bosses or they feel like they shouldn't be bosses or business owners, right? Yeah. I feel like... The whole time I was growing up, I always identified with being the creative one, right? We had four sisters. My one sister was the, who is an accountant now, she was the serious one. I was always the creative. I was in art club and so many things. Um, I was just always painting or doing fine arts of some sort. My younger sister was the athletic one. She was involved. Anything that was sports, she did it. And then the youngest one, the baby, just was known as being the baby, like honestly. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about this offline. It's like, poor thing. <laughs> yes. There was no description for her besides being the baby. And so people would openly say that and describe us as that because there was four sisters and they would say that. At my parent-teacher conference that I went to for my daughter last night, I felt so proud because on the paper, it said, you know, Suri is a such a creative. She's, she's such a creative problem solver. She thinks of things that even I don't think of as the teacher because she uses her other side of her brain. And I just, I, I'm always impressed with her is what the teacher had said. And she was reading from the sheet that we took home with us. And I literally said to her when I got home, I was like, that's my girl. Like it made me feel so proud that I was passing that on to her. Since we've been working at the product boss, we always get this pushback from people where they're like, no, no, I can't make too much money because I'm a creative. And it makes me a little bit 
this tinge of anger that I want to shake them by the shoulders and be like, you can make the money and you still can be creative. There's nobody that can make you feel bad about that besides you. And I think that that's still going on where people kind of shame people into like, oh, if you make this amount of money and you're not you know, giving half to charity, like, oh, they justify it by, oh, I, you know, I have a mission behind it or whatever. You know, I think it's just, it leads to uh, keeping women in a, um, a glass ceiling of our own that we're imposing upon ourselves with the creative versus the boss. Yeah. I have so many things to say about you. You're just saying. So <laughs> one, yes, I'm so proud of your daughter. And I will say the exact same thing. I'm, a, I'm, from five kids. And the first four of us were entrepreneurs. And the fifth one, my little sister, she actually is an occupational therapist. And she also, she went to grad school. She works in the medical field. And she sometimes feels bad that she's not an entrepreneur, that she, she feels not as creative because she went this route. And I'm like, I remember I used to tell her like, but you went a route that sometimes I wish for as an entrepreneur, like that safety, you know, I will be employed. I have a paycheck. I know, you know, you just know more about that. Like, you know, health insurance comes with your job. Right. So it's interesting too, that the younger one who was the baby, she also went her own way, but she feels like she was lacking the creative, which made her feel sometimes a little bit less than now with my son. Cause my son's the older one and I can see more with him right now. He's super much. He's like, he is a creative in terms of problem solver. Yes. He's an artist cause he paints and does things like that, but he's always figuring things out he's always like, what if we did this and this? He's thinking like a few steps ahead and problem solving and that same exact feeling. Mina and I live in different states and our kids have never met, but we both have similar things we're teaching our children because <laughs> this is that crazy. I talked to my husband once about a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it's like in a zombie apocalypse. You go get what you need to get. You know, like I was like trying to explain it because my husband's a little bit more passive. And I was and and that stuff with the creatives, right? Like creative problem solving. You can creative problem solve your way into or figure out what like Marie Forleo says, everything is figure outable. If you need to figure out like in a zombie apocalypse, like you need to build yourself shelter and live in a tree or figure out how to eat something. Like if you're super creative about that, and I know this sounds crazy, but this is like my end of times, like worst case scenario. <laughs> You guys are going to think I'm nuts. This is my thing. If you have your company, or it's not even a company, if you're creative and you're pouring candles, you're making cookies, you're making jewelry, you are sewing clothes at home, um, whatever you're doing, and this is a hobby for you, and you don't want an exchange of money to happen, then you're a hobby. And you're just going to give it away to people because it makes you happy, right? Like my mm -hmm. mom makes us things all the time for our kids. It makes her happy to be the maker. Then do that. If you want to make money by doing what you're talented at or doing what you love, then it is okay to say that this is a business that you could potentially grow. At what other time in history has there been abilities to, well, I'll say back in like the, I think of like, the medieval days, because I did medieval market. I know I've talked about this before, but where um, you know somebody was a uh, a woodworker or somebody was an ironsmith, or you know everybody had their specific jobs and they served their community. That's where you were trained. Like your your father was a blacksmith, you're a blacksmith, your children will be blacksmiths, and it was like passed down over family, and that you had a trade. Well, we again can have trades or talents, but we could monetize on these and we can find our own audience and we can get it in front of people and we could put up a website and sell it like as if we had a little booth where people in the local market walked by. So 
if you want to make money, which is okay, guys, you can make money. We want you to make money. We want you to make more money than you've ever dreamed that you could make. We want you to make money past what you would ever make as a salary. Even if you're a doctor, even if you're a lawyer, you could actually make more money building a business, like a product-based business that's yours. So we're giving you guys the permission that you can still be a creative. You can still be an artist. Andy Warhol was an artist and he also sold everything that he made, right? Yes. I totally agree because like people's idea of the arts is also evolving, right? Before you were a blacksmith, your art was in something that you were putting kiln to fire to whatever it was, iron, right? Um, Nowadays though, there's an artistry of even digital, someone creating an app or special effects or creating um, music that's composed differently, right? The elect, uh, the electrical digital side meets the, let's say, spoken word, you know, putting that together. There's an artistry in that and a creativity that has evolved since the, the medieval times of just saying, hey, this is what art is, or this is what a profession is, or this is what you're allowed to make money with. You know, there's things that they don't teach you even in like the school system about what is normal and not normal for making money, right? Even entrepreneurism is kind of, you know, on the the edge of something super risky of what they're teaching. So like when you think about that, there's just needs to be an evolution for what we all think of as creative and boss. Never before in history has there been a time when we have so many hats that we're wearing as women. We're expected to make money. We're expected to take care of the kids. We're expected to clean the household. I mean, it might not be that way for everybody, but that's kind of societal terms right now, right? And I think that when we guilt trip each other to say, hey, you shouldn't be making money by doing these artsy stuff. It should be a hobby. I think that's like somebody putting their fears on you instead. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think that kind of have to make the money quite honestly, because you've never had to you don't have that time <laughs> to waste away like you used to. And if you're smart about it, you will make money where you need to. If you want to keep it for yourself where it's something where it's gratifying to you to make something, then do that. That's like an entrepreneur's firm of meditation, let's say, right? Carving out self-care. But if it's something that you're making and you want to sell it, that just becomes another part of the creative process, Right? For me, I make labels. I'm not hand making them, but I also creatively figure out how to sell them. I also creatively figure out how to design them, how to bring them to market, how to connect with my customer. You know, this is like one of those things. I don't know if you, you've heard that comedians have a, the correlation is they're extremely intelligent. But they think of those children when they're little as class clowns, right? Class clowns versus the intellects right? So for instance, when you think about Tony Robbins, you better bet that he is super creative. He just knew how to monetize a dollar and inspire the heck out of people along the way. And does that mean that he's selling out, you know, being a creative, let's say he also throws pottery? No, absolutely not. He just figured out how he wanted to creatively monetize what he needed to do while inspiring other people and then also to live the life that he wants while he's living it. Amen, sister, Anthony Robbins. <laughs> but it's, it's true. So the shaming, 
I think that shaming is something I really want to talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Women are competitive with each other. Like yes. even my grandma in the old ladies arena, <laughs> <laughs> she lives, she doesn't live in an old person home, but she lives in an old person community. And I remember some years back, if a man was widowed, all the ladies would pounce, right? Oh my. This like This is like hardcore um, old school thinking, right? And I remember mm-hmm. once my grandma told me like, go for the man, not your friend. This is like, and she's from England and I love my grandma. She's the best, but she's just old school. Like Mm -hmm. you needed a man when you, when you got left your parents' house, you went to your husband's house basically. But the thing is women, ladies and men that are listening, but let's, we're talking to ladies kind of right now is the competition with each other. If we help each other rise, if we stop the shaming for this mom did that, or that mom did this, or this, you know, person who is without kids. Cause I remember, you know, the days that I used to be like a career, a career focused woman without children versus the other career focused woman without children, or you don't have kids and you work with someone that does have kids. Let's just support each other. Or if you're older and your kids are raised or wherever you're at, I think we need to support each other, whether it's in our businesses, whether it is a creative or a professional, it's just that as women, we all have the ability right now to be anything we want. And we want to teach our daughters that. And we want to teach our sons that as well, right? That there's a quality that our sons can do the laundry. Our sons can wash the dishes. Our sons can actually grow up and decide that they want to stay home with their kids while their their wife pursues a career if they have the ability financially to do that, right? Like one, we're able to work or not. So when it comes down to creatives or you shaming yourself as a creative and thinking, I can't be creative and an artist or I can't sell on Etsy or I can't, you know, go to these craft shows or however you have coined yourself and being somebody who grows your business to a million dollar business to a $2 million business that has a staff of 20 and above. Um, you can still be both. We are currently working in our masterminds in the top with women that are handmade businesses that are top 1% of Etsy that are literally still making things with their hands, but are making millions of dollars and employing people. And they're still creatives. They still see themselves as that. They're still mothers. They're still providing for their family. They're providing for their employees and they're still living the life. They're still getting their hands dirty. And you can still do all of this if that's what you want. And if you don't want it, we're not going to shame you the other way either, but we don't want you guys to feel like it's one or the other. And so not all of their products are handmade. Some of them are partially manufactured or handmade by somebody else. And that is okay and honestly necessary for growth sometimes. I still even see it in our own Facebook group, in other people's Facebook groups, in podcast episodes, this line that everybody always says about selling out it still comes up because Jack and I are in those worlds, right? We're teaching it. We're talking about it. And there's that backlash. But I feel like I'm selling out or people think that I'm selling out if I, even if I get a quote from my manufacturer. I mean, who are these people? You know, that's what my question is. But we hear it time and time again, which is kind of the root of all these, the rants, right? Is that we heard it again. We're like, seriously, still, we're still on this, even though, Right now, I have met my biz bestie online and and pretty much all online business, but yet we can't get over this little thing of an artist must be starving. 
So I really hope for all of our sakes that we can help each other instead of, you know, saying to each other, oh, I, you know, that's just for her. That's not for me. Because even saying that, right, is like making it seem like it's, she had to choose one or the other. She's not choosing. She is both. Mm -hmm. You know, she is all that she wants to be. Do not put somebody into a box because you feel like they're selling out or that they're, you know, not quote unquote handmade, right? This is a thing where when we start, people start asking me about Amazon and all those things, you know, is they make it seem like Amazon's this monster, right? That it's out to get all these small retailers and blah, blah, blah. Well, Amazon also helps a ton of people. The handmade person can still stand out. She can still make tons of money. She doesn't even need Amazon. Honestly, that is not her place. And she's still super creative and probably raising kids and probably retiring her husband if, if he wants to be retired. I think or it's bringing him that, into her business. Yeah, bringing him into her business. So I want that for all of us, to, for us to feel like we didn't choose this wrong, quote unquote, wrong path of mm-hmm. being a boss versus a creative. And if you guys want to listen to that episode, it's called Scaling Handmade and it is episode 92. It was back in June. So um, it's our most listened to and most downloaded podcast. We were much more calm. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah. And I I mean, you you said it there. You said it right there. We get to choose. You get to choose where you want to sell your stuff. We have handmade businesses that were doing well on Etsy that have gone to Amazon. We, you know what we got when we were selling multi-stream machine, our course, somebody wrote us and said something about Amazon. Well, how do you feel about Amazon? Because of all this press, like John Oliver did something about it. And it's, and, but exactly like what Mina is saying, there is a family in Iowa that is raising their family and saving for college based off a business where they sell labels on Amazon. Okay. There is also a family in Nashville that is raising their family by selling their product on Etsy. There are families all over this country that have chosen what they want to sell, where they want to sell it, and it is raising their children. It is it is investing into the futures of their kids, raising, you know, saving money for college, making sure they could pay for them to do sports and school and food on the table and all the luxuries of going to Target and letting them pick out all the toys <laughs> if they want it. <laughs> so Let's lift each other up. Let's support each other. Um, let's be sisters in arms, arm in arm here that we just as women now have the ability to make any choice we want. So if we want to be an artist and paint or we want to make clay or, or you know sculpt things and give them to people as gifts out of love, great. We want to go to little um, you know craft fairs and that's all we want to do, fine, you know? Or we want to grow from a craft fair. We want to buy a building. We want to have a team. And we want to then be managing a team and grow it into a multi-million dollar business. That is wonderful too. So wherever you are on your journey, we just um, we support you in that. And we want you to stop being one or the other and stop shaming one or the other. Um, know that you can choose to be whatever you want. And just because you are a creative or an artist doesn't mean that you can't raise your family off of what these gifts are that you have that are creative and artistic. Yeah. And I especially, I want to want to push this to home. When a man does this, that's so amazing. He made that beard oil that's so creative and he made it into a business. When a woman does this, there's this reaction like, oh my gosh, she seems a little bit money hungry or she's selling out. I want a different dialogue happening. 
instead of the selling out or this is the creative and this is the boss, what we end up saying will definitely affect our children. You know, I mean, we saw that even with ourselves. I was known as their creative because they for sure I wasn't going to, they knew I was not going to be a doctor or an engineer. And they said it in a, I was so proud of it, but it was more derogatory in an Asian household. (laughs) (laughs) When they're like, oh, she's creative. Oh gosh. You know? And so. Good luck to her. (laughs) I hope she marries well. Oh my God. Literally all I heard was, please, for the love of God, marry a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer. How can we, how can we change that for the future? Yeah. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you want to DM us on Instagram, we can actually chat there. We send voice notes from time to time. We text. We're both in there. And let's keep the conversation going in our Facebook community. Um, we have a thriving community of product-based businesses in there, all levels and you know, from creatives to creatives, but at all levels of uh, revenue. So let's continue that conversation. And thank you for listening to our pet peeve. We really just felt like it was important because we're hearing this messaging in a lot of different places. And we want you guys to, we just, we wanted to hammer this one in. Yeah. And that's the thing too, right? We're changing the landscape, right, Jacqueline? I mean, you you say all the time where there's this new trend of high achieving working women leaving the corporate workforce and making something of their own. And they're tapping into a creative way to do it, you know? So I want us as even the product boss to make it okay where we do change that landscape for the better. We lift that glass ceiling when it comes to artistry or creativity. And we make it so all these feel included that, yes, you are the boss and you are making a difference and you can have it all. And we want to cheer you on all of that. And just, I want to add one more thing to that. I read Chandra Chandra Rhymes' book, and this is what she said, and I'm just paraphrasing because I was looking around for the book, but I can't find it. But something that she said was that the glass ceiling or that glass wall, right? That we're still trying to break through it, but it takes all of the women before us. It takes our mothers. It takes our grandmothers. It takes our great-grandmothers. It takes all of us and then the future of our daughters that we are constantly, we're like flies or not flies. I wouldn't even say flies. We're flying into the glass and pounding it. And each time one of us makes a decision to do something different, each time one of us tries to break that crack, that glass ceiling, we're putting tiny little cracks and dents into it, right? The more of us that hit this ceiling together, the more we are going to weaken it and eventually break through it. So it takes all of us together. And this is, you know, Shonda, because she's, you know, she is who she is. But it takes all of us together to keep doing these micro fractures into that glass to blast through it. And so let's support each other. Let's support all of what our what the women before us have gone through and done to get us to today. And then let's continue this together so that our daughters and our granddaughters can look back at this and then in the same way, thank us for the position that they get to be in and that they get to not feel like they have to choose one or the other or not feel like they're failing at everything, but instead realize that they are succeeding at it all because they've got the ability to do anything they want and all of the things they want at the exact same time. So thank you. Thanks everybody. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, Product Bosses, let's make it happen.